Say your name and what you do. Chris Velosky, and I own a business. <laughs> Hi, my name is Marissa Kelly, and I also own a business. This is the Business AF Podcast, where it's all business most of the time. My name is Marissa Kelly. I am a tech and automation marketing specialist with all the social. I have my own agency, and I am a self-proclaimed geek when it comes to coding, analytics, and strategy. And that's what I do and help and specialize most B2B businesses. Um, and I am the co-host of this podcast, Business AF, where we talk all things business um, and talk to business owners who are doing the things and uh, growing their and scaling their businesses. So, Chris, yeah. you can go ahead. Yeah, so I'm the other uh, co-host of this podcast. Uh, my name is Chris Wolofsky. I am the founder of Pixel Lift. We are a UIX design and software development studio, uh, really focusing on uh, the user audience that are catered to your business and business needs, and uh, also web and mobile. And also on my second project that I'm currently working on is called Combat, and that is a MMA fantasy uh, sports application that is currently uh, being developed and hopefully launching by end of the year. And uh, that's it for myself, pretty much. Awesome. And Jim, thank you for joining us on our your first guest. So uh, I know we can learn a lot from you because you have your own show, but I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself and what you specialize in. Well, thanks, uh, Marissa and Chris, for having me today. I'm uh, very excited to, to be a guest. So I'm a retired Marine. I've uh, been retired. Actually, Saturday will be 10 years. And I became a, uh, as I like to say, a digital media trainer, consultant, and speaker. And I've been doing that full time now for about three and a half years. Uh, I was living in Eastern North Carolina, uh, near Camp Lejeune, where I retired out of. But then, uh, as fate would have it, I uh, met my my wife, Karen. We actually originally met in third grade, and Facebook reconnected us. So Facebook oh, wow. can do good things. Awesome. And um, so we got married in October of last year, and my house got damaged pretty bad by the hurricane up there. So pretty much I'm now living in uh, Marietta, Atlanta, Georgia area, and really enjoying what that's allowed me to do with uh, with my business. A lot more networking opportunities, obviously, in a big city as opposed to a rural community. Mm -hmm. I got a chance to get to know Marissa even more last year, or I guess we think last year, but at the last Social Media Marketing World mm -hmm. 2019, as we were both uh, volunteers, and that was a lot of fun. And I'm excited that I'm going to get to hang out with Marissa and Flossie at uh, the Military Influencer Conference in D.C., where we're going to both be attendees. We're not influencers. We're just yeah. attendees. <laughs> yes. I have a fourth guest if you guys want to meet her. Her name's Hiccup. Oh, yeah. long day was yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah. cool. I'll do it every day. Oh, yeah. That's every dog. Yes, every day is National Dog Day. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, okay, so we're going to just jump right into this. Um, obviously, we uh, we talked a little bit before this about our businesses and, you know, really kind of using technology to kind of um, help our businesses. So I think what I really want to do is kind of talk to um, Jim a little bit about your business. Um, well, first of all, I, mean, I know you talked about being like a digital media like trainer, consultant, uh, speaker. Um, what would you say is like your your specialty, the the your zone of genius when it comes to business? I think it's a combination of of training small businesses specifically to use the different platforms, uh, especially you know Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm starting to get a little bit more into LinkedIn, as I know both of us have talked about that, yeah. and it's because um, I used to be a actual um, adjunct professor where I taught, you know, full-blown master's level classes in procurement. 
So I understand teaching. It's a lot of my background in general, you know, everything from being a coach. So I think I have good patience and listening to the individuals that I'm working with and really understanding their pain point. And so even though somebody will come in to say a Facebook class, if they're really a visual business, you say, you know what, we're going to show you about Facebook, but really you're probably better on, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of, I like to think my strengths is that I don't believe that there's a one size fits all, especially in the marketing world. And I think there's too many people out there that are kind of selling that like, Oh, just do this and everything will be great. And mm -hmm. it really is, you know, you got to really sit down and, and set up a very detailed strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that that is what, you know, kind of like the mindset of all three of us. Like there's not something like, I always say there's not a cookie cutter solution. Like people want to have a solution and they want to know like, okay, how much does it cost and what do I get? But they're not seeing like, and I use this analogy and I'm going to use it from now on because I, I had like a light bulb moment. It's like the iceberg, right? Like the top of the iceberg is what we all see. Like what we see is the logo and like the posts, but there's not like a lot of um, people don't really talk about what's under the water, like all the bottom of the iceberg, like how you're managing the project, where you're finding where the clients are, just like you were talking about people visual people, like, are they on Instagram, you know, and that's the strategy. But what, why do you think, why do you think that is when it comes to social media? Why do you think people focus on top of the iceberg? I, I think they think it's easy, like, oh, well, I see all these people, you know, it, it kind of is like that whole, when you talk about the road to success, when we see these successful people, mm -hmm. we think that they've just been there the whole time. And we haven't seen all the trials and tribulations that they've gone through to get there. So mm -hmm. there's this, this mindset of like, Oh, well, you know, Facebook, it's free. I just get on there. I set up a page and everybody will just come and buy my stuff. And it's like, well, no, there's, <laughs> to it. you know, there's, yeah. there's ad spend and, you know, cause mm -hmm. Facebook wants to make money. And, and it's funny that people will get upset that they're not getting engagement on say Facebook as an example. And the truth mm -hmm. of the matter is, you know, it's uh, I, I kind of like to laugh about I, I was at a conference uh, a couple of years ago and a guy had a picture with a nuclear explosion. And it says it's not Facebook's fault that your marketing sucks. Yeah. And, you know, so I think that is also a big part of it is people don't, you know, think about that, you know, and, and even to to your point before you get on any platform, have you set up your branding, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's your personal brand or your business brand and yeah. you know, the psychology of colors and all those sort of things mm -hmm. that when you first get into this, you don't always think about that, but then you see how important it really is in the mm -hmm. big of things. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, so I have a question. So both of you are in the marketing business. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and when so I meet a lot of people that uh, portray themselves as being marketing geniuses and that they can um, get you thousands or hundreds and thousands of followers on social media or, you know, really generate a few thousand dollars of income per month coming into your business with the right marketing strategies. So when you, and, and the, thing, the thing is, I don't really know uh, too much about marketing, right? Or I mean, I have an idea of what it is, but I've never done it myself as a professional. Um, I just kind of did it here and there just to dabble with it on my own companies. But um, how do I how do I really know if this person is legit or not? Like if I was to talk to both of you, mm -hmm. how can I distinguish that? Ooh, okay, I'll, I'll take that just for one and then I'll let you answer that, Jim. For me, I think that it's really important to, you know, think about I think it's really important for us as marketers to really convey and speak to the pain points. So like, and it's really not a lot for me. Like I try not to like promise or guarantee you're going to get X amount of followers or you're going to get X amount of businesses because it does invest. It does depend on the investment you're making. Are you hiring an intern that is going to do, you know, a post on Instagram maybe once a day and like never looking at the data and then you know you're paying them maybe three four hundred dollars a month maybe 
maybe or maybe maybe not at all right but then there's the larger companies that are like well established that you know them you know you're talking about apple you're talking about people that are investing in their marketing they're getting a return on that because you see them everywhere so my thing is always like okay i'm gonna try to find out your pain points first what you really need do you need a lot of the bottom of the iceberg stuff first before we get to the top or do you just want a quick return and you're not here for the long run um for me it's hard for me to say okay i'm gonna give you this and this is what uh, you're gonna get when you pay me xyz you're really paying for my time and my expertise and my strategy and the bottom of the iceberg and it's up to me to communicate that during the sales process so i think sales and marketing go tan you know tandem right like Marketing is not sales and sales is not marketing, but they need to work together. So I think a lot of business owners think that this is, I'm going to put a post on Facebook and that's going to turn into, um, you know, more sales. Not necessarily. It depends what else you're doing. Are you, are you doing ads? Or do you have an email marketing? Does, is your website optimized? There's all these things that, you know, people are just looking again at the top of the iceberg thinking, well, I'll have a cool post on Facebook and that's going to turn into a sale. Most likely not. <laughs> you know, uh, what do you think about that, Jim? No, I, I, I uh, you know, a lot of what you says, said there, Marissa, resonates with me. I think, you know, first of all, like one of the first things I'd like to say is, you know, we're, we're problem solvers. Yeah. And so, as they like to say, I think it's, 92% of people start their search for the solution to a problem on Google, right? Or in search. Mm -hmm. They're not going on Facebook and searching for solutions to their problem. That's not how that platform works. Um, I, I think the the issue that I see, and I when I hear people say that, Chris, it, it makes me cringe. And I try not to verbally cringe or you know physically cringe, but I, I think the, the issue really becomes, I got to know, I may know the strategy just like Marissa, but I don't know your product. I don't know your service. It's mm -hmm. got to be a team effort of you providing me the content and, and us being able to help you get that into what we call, you know, a smart strategy, you know, or smart mm -hmm. goals. Uh, because if not, we're, you're just going to be spending a lot of money. The other thing, and, and I think Marissa would agree with this, if you're not willing to commit six to 12 months, it, it's not worth our time. If anyone that says, oh, I'm going to 10X you in the next 30 days, I, I would run away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you, you hear that a lot. I mean, and, I, and it, it's even as simple as give me some of your social proof. Show me these companies that you've done this for. Show mm -hmm. me the the post that, you know, in some cases, I think it's luck. Anyone that says, oh, I had a guy once coming to a networking meeting that said, oh, we'll make your stuff go viral. And I was just like, I hope nobody really believes that because that's unpredictable. Yeah. I, I like to say, you know, um, the lady that did the Chewbacca mask that just started mm -hmm. laughing had no idea how right. that was going to change her life and just from that you know, that little moment of her having fun with a, you know, with her phone going live on Facebook. And so I think, you know, one of the things, and I think that's what uh, I, I like about this business, and I would say it's true for marketing in general, is there is no one size fits all. There's more people that need help probably than people that can help them. Mm -hmm. And I'm more of a believer in collaboration versus competition. Yeah. If if somebody is trying to, if you want to call it, steal business from me or steal business from Marissa and say, oh, well, I'm it's like then I would rather you go with that person because yeah. I think it's, you know, and, and we had Jessica Phillips on, on the show a couple mm -hmm. of weeks. It's about relationships. Yeah. About building that know, like and trust that we're working together in tandem mm -hmm. to make it a win win for everybody and not just mm -hmm. oh, I want to get my fee and go on to the next person. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Speaking of your show, you mentioned your show. Um, I do want to talk about that because I think that, you know, you guys do really well. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about your show, Jim. Sure. 
Yeah, so um, actually tomorrow marks the one year anniversary of the Yay. Tim and Jim show. Hard Congratulations. Thank you. And um, and Ross Brand will be our, our special guest who is uh, with Livestream Universe and also is now doing a LinkedIn show for StreamYard called StreamYard Connect every Wednesday at, at 2. And, um, you know, Tim met me, you know, in a sense, it's kind of that dumb luck of uh, someone that I work with, uh, Lindsay Anderson, who's out of Oregon, was doing a show called Marketing and Merlot with, you may know Lindsay Phillips. I, I don't know if you know her, Marissa. No, I don't. I think she's in your neck of the woods. Anyway, it was a Thursday night show, and they were talking about Instagram TV. And the platform they were using allowed them to bring guests on, just like you can with StreamYard. Mm -hmm. I've done a few episodes, and so they had me come on. And, uh, you know, Tim saw me talking on there. It's like, you know, hey, how'd you like to be on my show as a guest? And then that led to him saying, you know, well, how would you like to co-host? Because I think there's a lot to be said for just like what you guys are doing. I think it makes it easier when you are talking with somebody, mm -hmm. whether it's interviewing or not, because I just think, not to say that it can't be done, I would much rather have a conversation with at least mm -hmm. the other person on the screen than, um, in a sense, talking to myself, hoping that people are going to listen to us. So yeah. our, our focus has been, uh, bringing on uh, folks in the marketing or, or even I would say bit small business related areas to help small business owners. And it's, I think also helped other marketers get a chance to, um, you know, get smarter, you know, mm -hmm. go and, and connect with those people because I'd be the first to tell you, I am not an expert in all things. Mm -hmm. And I would much rather refer you to someone that I do consider an expert in whatever area you've got that pain point mm -hmm. as, as Marissa was talking about. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, it, I think in some ways we, uh, I mean, I guess you always hope for it, but it's, it's really, uh, amazing to think that, you know, we're already booked through, you know, not only the end of September, but we've already got people booked into October. And that's a nice problem to have. Right. So I I don't know, Marissa, you've watched the show. I was kind of jokes like, I don't know why people like to be on our show or why people watch our <laughs> show, but we're, we're happy they do. And yeah. uh, I, I'd like to think it's because we do make the guests the, in a sense, the center of attention, because you do hear about these shows where somebody comes on and the, um, the host and the co-host are basically attempting to like show like, oh, I'm the smartest person in the room, even though I brought you on to talk about whatever it might be. Yeah. And that's one thing I was telling uh, Marissa about. It's like, I don't, <clears throat> I don't even really necessarily always want business owners on a show. It could be, it could be anyone, for example, yeah. just someone that has a job, you know, something that we can learn from. Because for example, as a business owner, uh, this employee, they may have their pain points as an employee. Mm -hmm. And I want to learn from that or, you know, what suggestions do they have for uh, executives or business owners, you know, mm -hmm. because I mean, they all have their own, everyone has their own dream and thoughts mm -hmm. of uh, and ways of doing things. And it's just kind of good to gather all this information, all this data and just take it in for yourself and just think about it, you know, after mm -hmm. the show and, and just really listen to people, you know, and I think it's important to listen to everyone, not just because all three of us have our own business makes us any better than anyone else. Right. Uh, I think it's very important to have an open. No, I think I think that's a great yeah. point, Chris. I mean, bringing on, like in a sense, just experts in some of those pain point areas, mm -hmm. because there are a lot of those folks that maybe work for a company that you know just getting the chance because, and some of them, you know, they might work for a company, but they're also a speaker. And that's mm -hmm. where you're getting them a chance to share their knowledge. And I think that's a, that's a excellent point, you know, mm -hmm. it's, you know, that, and I think some of like, even, uh, I mean, we had Bob Berg on the show talking about his book, the go giver. I mean, Bob in a sense owns his own business, but I think Bob is mo known more for his relationship marketing skill set and known more as an author and a keynote speaker, as opposed to like, mm -hmm. Oh, Bob owns a company. So I think, I think, to, you know, no, excellent point that you brought up. 
Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's totally. I mean, I, I think that's why I started my podcast too last year because I wanted to talk to people because you get so like you're just looking at posts all day long and you're like not having those conversations and it's really allowed one well like one business to grow because you have to be able to articulate yourself and like what you do but you're also you know putting yourself out there on video or even you know that podcast that i did was audio only but it got me comfortable with like having conversations with people that i've never met like i i even interviewed people from like the the uh from england you know and it was like okay like connecting with those people and just but also for me the geeky side like to learn the tools that we can use to be able to like put our message out there and share valuable information with like StreamYard, you know so mm -hmm. i have a question for you about streaming live streaming jim i think a lot of people are and this is like one of the reasons why i wanted to mostly have you on um was to talk about the using using these tools for your business like a lot of people think that oh i don't want to go live um no one's going to watch anyways what do you what do you say to that to someone who you know maybe well i yeah so i think uh, i actually i'd say there's three things one mm -hmm. don't be so focused on how many people show up when you hit this the, the live button mm -hmm. because people are going to watch at their leisure and that their time frame and we're never going to mm -hmm. pick that perfect time where everybody's going to going to show up mm -hmm. you know especially with technology today dvrs etc one of the things people don't think about is you know as an example you're doing this actually in a group well you if you wanted to you can have a, a private group a closed group so the live stream can be a tool for mm -hmm. educating you know, right. you can screen share with this specific platform and to include, you know, video with audio. So and and because it's saved after the fact, now you've got the ability to repurpose mm -hmm. and you can, you know, turn this into a YouTube video. You could make it a, a native LinkedIn video. You could strip out the audio and create a, a, a Alexa flash briefing. I mean, there's a ton of stuff you can do. And mm -hmm. I think for me, I think it kind of goes back to, you know, we can joke about the the world of reality TV, right? Is mm -hmm. people like to see the real person and you're mm -hmm. much more likely to be real, like in this format that we're in, than if you keep staging it like, oh, you know, I didn't yeah. like it. Let's start over until mm -hmm. it's perfect. Right. Um, because that's not, that's not how we are in real life. You know, yeah. if, if we're working together on a project, we're going to slip up. Mm -hmm. And it also lets people see the dynamic of how you in a sense think on your feet and, yeah. and i think that that can be important as well so i mean i just was reading uh jenny q's book on live streaming mm -hmm. i was telling you before the show and that was very eye-opening because even she was you know showing these use cases of where like this one individual who is a personal trainer they were doing webinars right mm -hmm. by going live that really made their business take off. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's still going to be other ways. Uh oh. Oh no. At least he's good looking in his still shot. <laughs> we talked about the 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 hiccups. So uh, this is part of being live. Yeah. Yeah. Let me take for a second until he's back. Yeah, he'll probably okay. come back. Um, well, it's, you know, right when we're we talking about it. This is totally This is perfect timing. It's like when we're talking about like the direction that he's starting to take that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope he knows that it's frozen. I know, right? Oh, man. I'm going to message yeah, him. Yeah, his number? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, if you're watching live. Um, <laughs> Oh, he just dropped off. It's part of part of the gig, but stay, <laughs> stay tuned. He'll be yeah. on the next one. So. And I think you know he was going towards you know just being live and showing more of yourself. And it's you know I think that's one of the aspects. I mean I've used Streamyard to like host a webinar in a private group for people in Israel, and they were learning about periodontology, which is like so specific and 
niche, but that's not something, and it's social related, social media related, but it's not something that another business sees, right? It's like a bottom of the iceberg. It's still, you know, it's still part of the tip top of the iceberg because it's based on like what we share and stuff like that. There he is. There you are. <laughs> oh, I can't hear you. Let's check the settings. Hello. Might have to. Can't hear you. No. No. Oh. Cannot hear you. Might have to log back in. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Okay, there we go. There you go. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Really shut down. It was the most bizarre thing. So that's, but that's the beauty of live streaming, right? It's just right. you have to it. And we like, we talked about it. We were like, this is totally planned. This is like <laughs> planned because you were just talking about how to think on your feet. But right. Um, yes. Yeah. Um. Well, right before you joined back, I was talking about how you know utilizing live streaming for different different things, and it's something that people don't always see. Like I went. I like coordinated a webinar live in a Facebook group for per for um, periodontology students in Israel. So it was like so very specific, but this is something that a client of mine needed. It's a need, a pain point. They didn't understand live streaming. They didn't really understand webinar setup. You know, there was a lot of email um, marketing involved in that because you're basically sending reminders and how to join and stuff like that. And that was all like, in my opinion, in my view, it's a very bottom of the iceberg thing. And then you, you say you're providing value and, you know, solving these problems for clients, but a lot of their other people will never know what I do. And so you have to like talk about it. So you have to get on live stream. You have to talk with people about what you do and show them because that's not something you can really say, okay, I coordinate a webinar. Okay. Yeah. That's not like, a huge deal it doesn't sound like a huge deal but there is a lot of coordination that goes on when it right. comes to well and, and i think the technology is advancing in such a quick fashion i mean you know the reality is you know even going to a conference it's almost like sometimes you like have to you want to call it ask permission because we could literally go live from our phones while someone is speaking and be sharing the content as it's happening right. and it changes the dynamic of, of even conferences. I mean, I'm sure you've attended them. There's virtual conferences now, you know, mm -hmm. you could go live on things like zoom or on Streamyard, and, you know, we can record what's going on and, mm -hmm. you know, real time interaction with people as they're watching, or even after the fact, they can still ask their questions if they didn't get it live. And so I think, mm -hmm. um, I think it's an, an exciting time. I mean, I definitely did not grow up thinking that there would be cell phones and all this other technology, but I love it. I'm like mm -hmm. you, I'm really like a, a geek. And I think that's why I enjoy this industry because it is constantly changing. You're mm -hmm. constantly having to re I mean, reinvent yourself in a sense that, you know, and you probably have seen it. There's people that are still managing facebook the same way they did three four years ago yeah no. and but yet they have clients that are still paying them it's like and they just they try to blame it on facebook yeah and uh you know just like even the dynamic with how groups have changed and how mm -hmm. you know like even now you you know a lot of people didn't know you can um now go into the creator studio and connect mm -hmm. your instagram and facebook right on the desktop and post on the desktop and those are all great things but you know you also have a lot of people that you know they want to go live from the phone they want to start on the phone and, and i still i don't know maybe that's my old-fashionedness i still like mm -hmm. having the computer or at least the laptop i just think you give yourself a lot more capability mm -hmm. as opposed to relying on the phone yeah that was the thing with the phone. Uh, like, I, I like the idea of it. Cameras are getting better on it. Um, but if you want to switch between tabs or pages, your your hands get in the way of the camera. Things of that nature. So that's the reason. Like, for example, this purpose, I think it's good. But like, if you're doing like a an IG story or uh, mm -hmm. any other kind of media, I mean, I don't see any problem with uh, 
doing it from the phone. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely, if you're trying to get more of a professional look, you definitely want more professional tools than just mm-hmm. a phone. I think yeah. it just depends on what which stage you are at at that moment. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, yeah. I think people. I think what it is is like it. It like I think we talked about it before. Is people just try to they get too overwhelmed because there's so many options, right? So it's like, it's easy for people to say, you know what, I'm not going to do it because I don't even know what to do, how to do it, how to post a story, you know, like, whoa, no one's going to watch. And that's, I think someone covered that. I saw a post earlier, like people are so concerned about their likes or like the followers and like, they're not focused on like the content or like how they can share their message or, you know, stuff like that. It's, and you're not going to like see it right away, you know, so it's going to take a while. Um, that's, that's one thing about social media. I'd say I don't like because uh, people, it's, it's like a popularity contest. How many likes yeah. do you have? Mm-hmm. How many followers do you have? Um, and of course, like it might make us feel, it might, I mean, it does make us feel good if we have 20,000 plus followers on our page, because then yeah. that means, you know, we're probably doing something right. Uh, but for example, if you have just a couple hundred followers, yeah. you, those followers are at least organic and right. uh, probably people that are closer to you as well. Right. So you're really talking to people who probably care a little bit more about your content. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, you know. So I want to, Jim, I know you muted yourself because you were printing something. I don't know if you're still <laughs> Right. I think it's still printing. Yeah. Okay. No, it's okay. Hopefully it's not um, too loud. It's fine. Um, so I want to know, um, just stepping back a little bit, like, um, about using, doing live streaming and stuff, like what, where do you see, like, where do you see, like, marketing going in the future? Like, in the next well, I think one of the things that I'm really, uh, thinking about focusing more on is actually helping other small businesses with their live stream. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I recently was talking with, um, Lucille Fisher and Lori um, Andling about their wanting to use StreamYard. And I actually brought them into, um, I have a test group that I set up. It's a secret group. Mm-hmm. And I actually walked them through all the process of how to get live. I showed them even how, like I think you guys do, where you share the dashboard. Mm-hmm. Not that they, you know, that StreamYard uh, recommends it, but that's the way you can actually become a producer. So I, I'm, I think looking at doing more of that, more uh, online training, I, I think, you know, because I still do the in-person training, but I think there's a lot more value to doing live online training and the technology is there. And I think it sometimes makes it easier for attendees if, you, if they can do it from, say, their, um, their desk instead of having to travel to a location. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you find that, like, online training, I guess, in your experience, do you feel like people are open to that, or do you feel that they rather just do it for them, like, do the stuff, like, not learn how to do it, but, like, do it for you? Um, I think it's a kind of a combination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think I think it's a, it's a combination of there are a lot of people that want you to do it for them, mm-hmm. but I also find that to be very time consuming. Mm-hmm. I, I would much rather train and consult with them. Um, mm-hmm. I do like tools though, like Agora Pulse, do make it easier to do it for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's where, you know, as I've you know, found more collaboration partners, I would almost rather outsource that, but I still mm-hmm. like to do it myself. and. You may feel the same way because it's that um, that ability to um, know. You know, it's kind of like when you do it, it's easier to teach it. Right. Exactly. And that's that's kind of you know just like with live streaming. You know, by doing it, Tim and I, you know, get better at it every time we do it. And it, you know, so it's like I can tell you, here's some of the steps to take. You know, in advance. I mean, in theory, it would be great if Facebook would let us plan a live stream out more than seven days because then we could set up these event calendars and people mm-hmm. would know like oh in a month so and so is going to be on this show but we have to literally wait until you know six days 23 hours 59 minutes and 59 seconds before right. we can schedule it 
Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that comes, hopefully that changes with Facebook and maybe StreamYard and Facebook can do a collaboration down the line or something because I think, you know, when you talk about training, like I want to see like what's class one, two, three, four, five, and like how do I, am I know, am I going to know that this is going to work for me? Besides just seeing the words, like, you know, like seeing that on your calendar and all the, the integration also with your Google calendar too. Like you can say, I'm going to this and it's on your calendar. You know what I mean? Right. I think that that is hopefully changes in, in the future, but I think it would help also showcase to people that we're trying to solve their problems, but also like they, they know that they have a trusted resource in us because it's, you know, they're seeing that there's things down the line. They're paying us to train them, but also here's what you get. You know, it's not just right. like guessing. And stuff. Well, and, and I've, I've wondered too, and I think, I think there's people would like this, but you know, it's kind of like what Zoom does, like, but wouldn't it be nice if you could use StreamYard without having to, to be specifically tied to a platform? where it was kind of like its own standalone thing. I mean, sort of like Blab used to be. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, because there are some features, I think, of of StreamYard that, you know, and, and of course, people say, oh, well, I can use Zoom, but then that's where it becomes pricey. Right, exactly. You know, if you're going to integrate it with Facebook. And that's where, I, you know, when I've heard people say, well, I want to go live on Facebook, and people say, oh, well, just use Zoom. It's like, well, that's not the same thing. It's right, next, exactly. Yeah that's a, a tool that people have to figure out how to use. Um, so speaking of tools, what, um, what besides StreamYard, what's your favorite tool to use in business? And I, it doesn't have to be a social media tool. Right. Yeah. Um, well, it probably most of it is now. Well, <laughs> so I, I really like using uh, Google drive uh, with clients specifically because mm -hmm. what I do, and, and maybe it's because I have more of the enterprise version. Cause I, when I set my, company up I used you know Gmail is kind of the backbone but by using your domain name people don't use no I'm using a Gmail account mm -hmm. but I set up a, a Google Drive folder for each client where we can collaborate you know I, they can mm -hmm. drop photos videos documents we can make those changes back and forth I know some people like Dropbox but I I'm not a fan of it I've, I've been yeah. forced to use it sometimes yeah. um, yeah, so Google Drive is a favorite. You know, Office 365 is still something that I use a lot uh, as well. Uh, for collaboration, I've been using Trello with uh, one of my partners. And just, um, yeah, and then of course, like I said, Agora Pulse has become a big thing uh, for me to manage social. Mm -hmm. And then as far as doing live streaming, you know, I've got the C920. A webcam from Logitech that I use and I like it because I can take it off. I'm on an iMac, but when I travel, I can just take that camera and use it on my laptop. You know, so a lot of it is just having that flexibility to travel. I am, a, I'm a Mac person now. I, I don't use Windows anymore. I just found uh, just too many things to worry about with it. I know. And uh, so I, I think, yeah, those are, those are some of my favorites. I mean, I have yeah. a, a huge list. What about you? Oh, I um, I'm I just discovered Loom. Yes, so Loom is nice. I love Loom. Um, Loom is really it's like a if for those who don't know, Loom is like um, it's like a screen grab video thing, and you can also integrate your face like in the in the video. So um, sending quick um, Loom videos to I'm now integrating it part of my business development. So I send like little quick videos of, you know, doing an audit on someone's website or someone's social profile really quickly to give them a sense of like where my knowledge and my brain is. Um, and I think that that's like important because, you know, you said earlier in the beginning, people are visual. Some people are visual. So depending on one, they get to see who I am through a face, like it's, I'm not a logo, but also they can hear the, my speaking and like if I am, confident in what I'm saying and, you know, if they enjoy that conversation, um, you know, and I just sent one to someone who I was doing like LinkedIn tips for, and it was like, you know, two minutes 
And then like Loom does allow you to see the, um, if someone viewed it. So you can always follow up with them like, oh, thanks for looking at my video. Um, you know, let's hop on a call or, you know, kind of follow up with the business development side. And that is one of the tools I think is really important for a business owner because they can, you know, they don't have to jump on a 15 minute call. Like someone can go and send them a loom or send them, hey, like, look at this or this is wrong on our website or whatever, send a quick loom video and then you're done, right? Like your task on your side is done and there's no like coordinating of schedules or whatever. And, you know, it takes two weeks to meet and stuff like that. So that's no, that that's a great one. In fact, the, when I learned about it was because um, Lindsay Anderson, who I was telling you about earlier, mm -hmm. she we were working on a joint proposal for a potential client. So she sent me a Loom video with the actual email she sent me with the proposal explaining to me what each piece of that meant. And mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's really cool. I never thought of like explaining a document. Mm -hmm someone so you know you don't oh, have to yeah. sit there calling back i was like that was a great that that right there sold me on loom and yeah. i used it a couple times too like because you can you can personalize it and it could be like i did i had this guy named tom that was having you know, wanted to know something specific about facebook in one of my classes and i basically just walked him through it by doing the screen changes in loom and then just send him the link and then i could see that he had watched it yeah um, so i think it's in fact i I would almost make, I don't know if I make the argument, but I would rather use Loom if I wanted to send somebody like even a video introduction sort of thing versus some of these programs like, was it Bon Bon or something? Cause you got to spend a lot of money oh, yeah. to do that. And then bon of course, or some yeah. yeah. And my, my new favorite thing has been if people connect with me on LinkedIn is doing a LinkedIn video reply to them in messenger. I think that's, oh, wow. uh, you know, another great way just to, to build that, uh, that face to face. And that's where I think doing things like live streaming gets you comfortable in front of the camera. So to sit there mm -hmm. and pull your phone up and do a quick video and send it to someone. And, and I think it also, I think it, 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 they appreciate it because it does show a much more, personal touch right exactly yeah and you you I, I i hope that it doesn't get too much where people i i know i've heard people talk about linkedin and how it's kind of annoying now because you know you're getting a ton of like pitching in like private messages but i think i'm seeing trends where it's that's not happening like people are abandoning that like super spammy uh first message so hopefully that changes but chris uh what about you what about to what tools have you used that we might not because uh, you're in a different uh different like uh right, because yeah. <laughs> I, I work with uh several teams you know like uh if we're just doing ui ux mm -hmm. for a team and i need to collaborate with their development team and the stakeholders making the decisions for the mm -hmm. business uh so i really like using slack as a tool mm -hmm. to um, always be uh, always communicating. Like right now, I have. Uh, let me just give you an example. I have uh, five different uh, Slack um, teams channels. Yeah, I can, yeah mm -hmm. Slack teams I can get into mm -hmm. uh, because every team is different. Uh, we need to collaborate with several ones. For example, we do the whole uh, UI UX design and the software development. So I need to go in and. Just collaborate with the stakeholders there and just open communication and i rather i prefer that over email because mm -hmm. uh email changes get lost very easily and it's just hard to track where slack is like a long uh, chat board system also mm -hmm. uh, i use g suite because of google drive uh, and i like how you can uh, connect to your computer so i don't always have to be in the in the g drive um tab i could just quickly mm -hmm. just get into my favorites within my macbook mm -hmm. uh, share files that way uh, right click options have a lot of options uh many options for the files mm -hmm. there as well uh, right. to share and also um it's just very simple uh dropbox is also i like dropbox um and, and uh paper I, I don't know if, i don't know if you guys seen a uh, paper but it's uh yeah it's a project management tool that's now within dropbox it's the oh, so, it's yeah. fairly nice uh i I was, I was playing with it a little bit more yesterday um I think it still needs some work, but it has a 
good potential, I think. And then also uh, Trello uh, for project management uh, to set tasks and like to-do lists for the teams. Uh, and of course, you know, like we use like uh, Microsoft TFS um, for like project, like for uh, bugs uh, mm -hmm. to uh, kind of like task management for the dev team. Use Microsoft mm -hmm. TFS. Uh, uh, and then a whole bunch of like different like Visual Studio for coding and, and also collaborating with the team that way. There's just oh. a lot of tools that we use. It's not just a few tools. We have so many that we need to use uh, mm -hmm. also for designing and for development. But and like for Basecamp too, because I use Basecamp. Yeah, I, I don't like Basecamp, to be honest. Um, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think still it used to use it. We're still using it. <laughs> no, but I, I used to really like Basecamp when they first came out. Yeah. And well, I don't know when they first came I don't know when they first came out, but I was I started using Basecamp in 2013. Mm-hmm. And they have come a long way. They put a lot of features into it now, but I like the simplicity that it used to have. Um, I I've used Basecamp since like two thousand ten. Like two thousand nine. Okay. So like only this year I kind of implemented it because you know as my client base grew, I I needed it to also keep myself in check. You know, yeah. like you put your own to dos, and I'm sure you use it with Trello too, Jim. Um, yeah. So, so why do you like Basecamp? Why? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it just I like the I don't know I, I've used Trello and Asana before, but I don't I didn't like their interface. So speaking of a user interface, user experience, like I just didn't, it didn't work for me in terms of organization wise. Um, I thought it was not as intuitive in my brain, but that might just be the way my brain works. And yeah, exactly. I, I was used to Basecamp. I understood like the whole, you know, since I used it at a corporate level with my last corporate job in, you know, when I left there it was 2015. So it was like, I just knew that interface and it was easy for me, even though they've gone through different iterations. I just understood like drag and drop on the to-do list and like, you know, getting the notifications and being able to reply through my app if I need to, you know? So there's a lot of things that I liked in terms of, and it's comfortability, I think. Like I didn't want to try a new tool. And I think that I think it's, a lot of business owners have the same issue. Like they don't want to yeah. learn something new. Like, yeah. hey, we're getting slack, and they're like, oh, I don't really want to because oh my god, I don't have to learn something new. <laughs> so, like the last corporate place where I was uh, is a pretty huge company. It's about five thousand employees. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, but our department was systems D and D. So, like, we did a lot of R and D work there, and uh, like research development. Yeah, and uh. Uh, I I was one of the more young, uh, I was probably one of the younger people in our team, mm -hmm. youngest people in our team. And uh, um, so I was working with a lot of people that were maybe in their 40s or 50s and trying to, to and they've been there, a lot of those people have been there for like 10 plus years and stuck in the ways that the company's always been doing things. And then I just wanted to introduce Slack. That's all I wanted to do is just bring <laughs> Slack in. And you couldn't imagine the hate that I got from everyone and like how pissed off everyone got just because I mentioned of trying to bring on a new tool and because I'm not I wasn't one of the like directors telling everyone to do it so you know I didn't really have a say for our team but I was just trying to introduce something new and then also the um the executive team they don't like trying on new things and finally we hired uh we brought in a new uh chief engineer uh, right before uh, I left, and uh, then his he pretty much made the say like, "Hey guys, we need to get rid of emails as much as possible. We're either going to go with Slack or Microsoft Teams." And then no one really said anything at that point. And then they ended up going with Slack and Microsoft Teams. And then I'm like, "Dude, I've been telling you guys like the last two years." <laughs> well, I think you bring up you bring up a very interesting point, Chris. And sometimes I feel like maybe I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm unique in myself, but when you get into that older crowd, I do think, and maybe it's the same in the younger crowd, there is always a lot of resistance to change despite what people may see, you know, because obviously if you're like a career coach, 
yeah, you got people who want to change careers. But in general, I, I do see that there's a lot of people that whenever there's a change, like even people will scream when Facebook makes a change, like, why won't they go back to the way it was before? I liked it that mm -hmm. way. And so mm -hmm. I, I do think people fight that. Um, you know, my my wife, uh, not that she's on the Georgia Court Reporters Board, and they started using Slack. And that's been a learning process oh, wow. for them um, to communicate. But you're right, because a lot of times, if anything, I, I think where these tools make sense is we get overwhelmed with email. And so if you're sending me an email that I'm supposed to be responding to, well, wouldn't it be just as easy to like say, all right, here's this message thread about this project. And you just like, you know, you know, hey, Chris, can you do this? Great. I got it done. You know, and I think it's just getting people, you know, it's that resistance to change. And I like to joke that, you know, um, you can think that you're fighting change, but, you know, you're either going to manage it or it's going to manage you. Yeah. And, and I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. I just don't believe the resistance. It's just incredible. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah I, I could ask some <laughs> stories about that place. A great company, but just. <laughs> so um, with that said, we're talking about things, you know, resistance to change. I want to ask one last question. This is a question that's very general because we applied to business or whatever. I'm going to put it up on the screen. What makes you tick? Jim, why don't you why don't you like send us off with what makes you tick? Because well, what make what makes me tick is uh, is my my wife and my my kids um, because they're you know the ones that support me. Um, you know, Karen, who you've gotten to meet. You know, she's not a social okay. media person, but she will <laughs> go um, wherever I say I need to go. If I say I've got to meet with people, she just you know. Uh, completely supportive and and i think that that's what makes me what drives me to do better because then i know ultimately the rewards for for us as a as a couple as we get older will be better and i think that that's what makes me tick and i think it's important that we all have to be surrounded by a supportive group it doesn't mean things are always great but it, there's got to be that support right. and positivity to be successful right exactly can uh, I just want to ask something a little more personal uh, for you? Um, I want to know just instead of like your your business and your podcast that you have going on, I want to know more about you as well. Like, yeah, what do you like to do for fun? Uh, you said you just recently got married. I kind of want to know how that that relationship story sounds very interesting. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, your wife's third grade. Like, I want to get to know you a little bit. Oh, yeah. sure. sure. So. Um, so yeah, we, we originally met in third grade in Catholic school and then we, you know, had not heard from each other since like freshman year of high school. And then she like randomly friend requested me. So we, uh, you know, started to have a seven hour drive relationship and we would actually uh, talk on Facebook or FaceTime every night. And, uh, you know, and then before our wedding, we started doing dance lessons. So we do ballroom dancing every week oh. we take lessons. And so, you know, learning the salsa and the cha-cha and the foxtrot, rumba, it's, it's a lot of fun. But it's, you know, we do a lot of things together. We went to the Redskins-Falcons game last week. Um, we've gone to some Braves games. We like to travel. Uh, we just went to a wedding in Myrtle Beach, week before a wedding in Philadelphia. So I like to travel, love sports. I used to be a, a soccer, I've been a soccer player. I've been a soccer coach. I've been a soccer referee. I've oh, been a wow. soccer play-by-play -play broadcaster for high school sports. Oh wow! Um, that's cool. So, I don't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, how's that? How's being a broadcaster for sports? It, I've it's I fun. Get into that. It's fun. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, uh, I, I actually was just uh, learning about this new product that Ross is talking about, and now I'm seeing on Facebook all the time something like Boxcast, oh, and it will help you stream when you don't have a strong connection. I'm like, so does this mean, and they talk about, so as an example, could I go out to uh, some remote high school and just start, you know, broadcasting off my phone, uh, doing a, uh, you know, sports broadcast of a high school game. Cause it's, uh, yeah, we used to do, uh, where, it's where my daughters went to high school was like one of our main uh, feeds, but you know, they were high school playoff games and we were literally, broadcasting all over the 
world because these parents would be listening from where they were stationed because there was a lot of military families. So mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that, um, you know, because I used to joke I have a face for radio. But uh, but it, yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a lot of opportunity there, you know, down the road as well. I mean, not so much radio, but just it's kind of like satellite radio, right? If I can reach people through a stream with audio, people are willing to do that. And I think Amazon is proving that. So that's something I, I enjoy as well. Um, but I think it still goes back to if you're doing a broadcast like that, you want to have a partner that, you know, I, I think um, mm -hmm. if you think of any of these sports uh, broadcasts you listen to, whether it's, you know, there's usually, it's usually a team. And I right. think that people like that dynamic a lot more. They have some kind of like a uh, specialty in the sport. I think it's very important. For example, if, if you're going to uh, talk about soccer, you should have at least played soccer for a good amount of time to understand what's really going on. Right. For example, and that, like I want to well, do. I, for, I can talk about soccer. I didn't play. That's true. <laughs> but when <laughs> you're a player, it's completely different. Like, for example, well, I know. people may know fighting. Like, I hear commentators all the time. Like they've been involved in fighting some some uh, for some amount of time. And they might understand the sport, but they don't really understand what it's like to get punched in the face or like how to react in that certain situation. Mm -hmm. um, and I hear like these comments, like there's only a few commentators out there that have actually fought in sport mm -hmm. professionally or even as an amateur and, and uh, ventured off in that direction. And I think it's important to have been involved in, uh, you know, play the sport yeah. to be able to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, and, and I think you see that a lot in professional sports, but I also think that if you can understand the concept of sports in general, I think you can make that crossover. Like, I think Marissa, I know she's a very passionate soccer fan. I could easily mm -hmm. see where she could do a, a soccer broadcast. You know, she may not feel as comfortable with, you know, <laughs> football or baseball, but I think if you're passionate about something, I think you can uh, you can succeed at it, um, you know, and I think that's I think that's, you know, I, I feel like I'm pretty passionate about digital marketing because I just mm -hmm. for me, it's about helping other people be successful mm -hmm. and I like helping people. And I think that's why I enjoy it as well. Right. Yeah. Well, like, for example, Marissa, if you want to speak about soccer, <laughs> you may not understand that's from like, professional show. players. <laughs> Like yeah. from well, from a professional player's perspective, but yeah. you understand from a fan's perspective and what they right. probably want to hear. Right, exactly. I think that's beneficial too. And yeah, I can mix those two together. I think it's a perfect mix. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, I think it's perfect contribution to the. There's there's a know. different perspective from the fan. Like mm -hmm. like I just want to see a good game. Like I even if there's goals from the other team or you know like when I was a huge football fan. I wanted a good game regardless. I didn't yeah. want, like, you know, as much as it's cool to like have a blowout game, like I still, that's boring to me. I want some excitement and some like a storyline, you know, like yeah. what's going to happen. You get too, yeah. Because if you get too technical, it may bore the fan. Right. Yeah. They don't really understand what's going on. They just want to watch a good game. Right. Exactly. And that's it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we're coming up on an hour here, guys. I, I had a lot of fun talking about live streaming. Chris, did you want to ask Jim one last thing? Or um, I guess we can. We can no, go. I just want to say congratulations again on your marriage. And Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. Like I, I like the way that social media or it did social media. Yeah, it's, I mean, not, it's not always uh, what do they call it? It's not always Match.com and some of those things. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. All three of us. So, I mean, I'm not married, but you two are married and yeah. my girlfriend and I also met through Facebook. So yeah. we all, I so. met, I met mine on uh, MySpace. Uh, right. Oh, MySpace. Wow. I thought it was Facebook. Sorry. Wow. You're going way back. <laughs> way back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's all through social media. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, so that's, uh, with that said, uh, thank you, Jim, for joining us. Um, Tell us how we can connect with you. Um, you'll be tagged in the video, but. Uh, right, but yeah, so LinkedIn, uh, you can find me as Jim Fuse. I do have a LinkedIn company page, but follow or connect with me on LinkedIn as Jim Fuse. I'm on Twitter under Fusion Marketing, as well as Instagram and Facebook as well. And as you know, uh, Marissa is actually gonna be a guest on the Tim and Jim show yes. next month. So I'm excited about that. 
And I'm gonna start doing some LinkedIn lives and, and Marissa, mm -hmm. we're gonna you're gonna help me do some LinkedIn lives in okay. September. That'll be fun. Awesome. So um, but yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Great to get to know you a little bit better, Chris. And so like you're the type of person I would collaborate with mm -hmm. if I had a client with that, because I don't know anything about that stuff, but I know it's important <laughs> for some people. Right, exactly. Yeah, I would definitely see some collaborations in the future and Jim, when you come back next year to San Diego, I'm sure you'll meet Chris. Um, awesome. He'll be hanging out with us, probably social media marketing world. I'm going to get him on the volunteer team. So There you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess the boss said I have to be there. So oh, yeah. No, yeah. You'll have, it's a ton of fun. Like, it we'll is. Talk about it later. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay, cool. Well, All uh, right. thank you for joining us, Jim. Thanks, guys. This is the Business AF Podcast where it's all business most of the time. You can listen on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can subscribe to us on YouTube at businessafpod.com. If you like what you hear and you want to let people know, don't forget to tag us using hashtag businessaf.